Hello everyone, Katie Ganderton here, also known as Tenacious Kate, and your host of this podcast. This podcast is about being tenacious in all aspects of our lives, and there is nowhere else I would rather be. I have left my full-time career as a dental hygienist to become a stay-at-home mom with multiple residual income revenues, being a keynote speaker, and going after goals I want and living out life on my terms 10 years later, and now getting to teach that forward so that you can embody tenacity and stop staying in that comfort zone. This podcast is for you. Are you ready? Let's get started. Okay, there we go. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tenacious Kate podcast. I'm super excited to have a guest speaker on today, and you guys are going to absolutely love her. I've been able to chat with her for a little bit and get to know her a little bit more. Her name is Angela Fallon, and she is a certified life and career coach um, for career women. And I feel like that's such a, such a need right now, but um, career women that are struggling to do all of the things, which is pretty much all of us, because we always tend to wear all the hats all at one time. So Angela helps those exhausted women trying to wear too many hats and complete all of the to-do list items in the waking hours of the day. Um, she does have a proven system to help each individual find her priorities and create goals. Um, to maximize um, decision-making. And she is a mom of three boys as well. She has been in the corporate America for over two decades, um, managing large defense programs and working with the U.S. and Allied Forces to find defense solutions. And so um, she has managed professional teams with over 200 employees to the small group of the family dynamic as well. So she understands what it's like. Um, she's also a wife. She's a retired airman, um, of a retired airman. And then, like I said, she's um, an entrepreneur and a mom of three amazing boys. So welcome, Angela, to the Tenacious Kate podcast. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's so good to be here. Absolutely. And so just to start, I would love if you could tell us a little bit about you, your background, and your story of how you got started to where you are today. Sure. So um, you mentioned a little bit of it. I've been in the defense industry for um, two decades now. I've been in corporate America a little bit longer than that. Um, like you said, I've got three boys, um, sp military spouse, now retired, thankfully. We're about four years retired now. Ooh, congratulations. Um, right. It's all good. Um, our boys are fourth grade through ninth grade. Um so we're almost done with elementary school and we're our first year in high school. So we're in, in a very busy stage, you could say. Um, like I said, I've been in corporate America for over two decades now. I actually got started in the defense industry thinking it was going to be like a three to five year commitment. Because um, when I was in college, I actually worked at Intel. So, you know, high paced commercial work. And I showed up on the first day and they handed me my IBM ThinkPad and I was able to earn, you know, vacation over the summer even. So it's very different going to the defense industry, which is older and seems slow. It's very male dominated. <laughs> um, they, yeah, it's, it's very. a very interesting place to be. Um, I think God truly gives you exactly what you need though. You know, he gave me three boys, surrounds me with men all day, every day. And somehow I still thrive in it. Um, <laughs> but I, um, I started out in engineering and then I ended up in international business. I've actually always kind of had a, um, adventurous bug. I married someone who is also very adventurous. We both like to travel. My husband is a, um, army brat and, um, he actually went middle school and high school at Kadena air force base, which is in Japan. Okinawa, oh. Japan. Yes. Yeah. 
So we're, we're both very much, um, people who like to have, you know, adventurous times and go see lots of things, um, which is probably why I've spent the last decade doing international business, uh, which is um, working with our allied militaries, just like you said, providing military solutions. Um, I would say throughout my career, it's been a challenge to have small kids, especially when mine were really little. And, you know, that first five years having a baby, they get sick all the time. And then you get sick all the time. And then the expectation of, you know, out of sight, out of mind, if you're not in office, you're probably not working. It was, it was really hard to be, um, as ambitious as I am and wanting to have a good career and wanting to be a good mom and a good wife. Um, and there's times where you find that your priorities kind of get out of whack and we all kind of learn those lessons throughout our career, whether it's, you know, in corporate America, um, standing up a huge, you know, direct sales company and family. Um, it, it just depends on whatever you're doing. It's very common, especially as women, where we put ourselves last and we put everybody else in front of us and we burn ourselves out and pour, try to pour out of a completely empty cup. Um, with some of the things that I went through in my career, I've really learned where to put boundaries up and find the priorities of my life at the time. Things kind of changed season to season. Um, and not that long ago, I was in a course to learn about, you know, social net networking and marketing and things like that. And I was working with a coach and she said, have you ever thought about coaching on a lot of the things you talk about? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I was like, I mentor people all the time though. I probably have like 30 men mentees at any given time at work outside of work, people no longer work at my company, um, you know, family friends that send their younger kids that are going through college and don't know what to do. You know, they'll call me and ask about career advice and things like that. It's, it's kind of interesting how um, I was already doing coaching and didn't really realize it. Um, and I ended up starting a coaching business. And, and just like you mentioned in my intro, I, I help busy people. It's usually women. Um, my, I feel like my ideal avatar, my ideal client that I like to work with is a busy mom. Um, but it's interesting to me how it, I tend to attract other people too, people who might be in their like mid to late fifties who don't really know what they want to do in retirement, mm -hmm. or they're at a place in their career where they are going to start doing something different. Um, in their career even, and they're not sure what that is, um, but there's just not empty nesters. So um, it's it's kind of interesting, the droves of people that still come that need the same kind of um, emphasis and content that I provide for. What I was directed at was people like me, a busy mom who was just completely overwhelmed, wearing too many hats and not knowing, you know, feeling guilty all the time, whether you're not doing enough work or you're not spending enough time with the family and being intentional with them, so... I love that. And I love that you've been able to take what you were already doing and make it into something. And I think with, but with that decision, you know, we all, there's always going to be like the, the cause and effect. So like when you turn into something, like when you have something positive, there's always that contrast that's going to come, which is going to make you push and struggle and, um, to grow into that, to what you are molding into. And so, you know, when you decided that you were going to do the coaching aspect of your business, what, because that's, a, that's adding again, like what you do is you help other women who are adding things to your plate to take things <laughs> off or to manage them better. Yeah. And here you are like with a full plate, I'm a mom of three boys too. So ours aren't quite in height. Ours are, yours are, I think a, a smidge older than mine are, yeah. but it's, you're, you're, purposely adding something additional to that plate 
in order to serve other people. So talk to me a little bit about like the struggle of making that shift, because I do feel like that's a big shift of women when they, when they see something they're like, gosh, I feel like I could do that. But then they're like, oh, my plate's already so full. I'm not really sure I could add this. I don't, you know, there's that struggle. I think that goes back and forth in the head um, of making that decision because they know, I think that they have the tenacity to be able to do it. They have the will and the drive to do it, but then there are steps in that fear and that like, you know, that, Ooh, I just, Ooh, I don't know. I'm comfortable. And so they, they pull themselves back and they shy away from truly what I think is their calling. Um, so share with me like the, uh, the struggle that you went through as you added this in addition to a very busy already life, you know, and mm-hmm. what was the drive that can, kept you going to make it the success it is today? So the, the desire to do it came from knowing that I had talked to so many other people at work. Um, like I said, I would have coworkers that would send me a young mom who just got a promotion, but she doesn't think she can accept it because she already has two babies in diapers and just found out she's pregnant a third time. And, um, in going through conversations like that over and over again with women who think less of themselves, that's part of my, that's part of what I feel like one of my goals is too, is to help other women feel more worthy and not even just worthy, know that they're capable because all of us have greatness in us, but you have to hear it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And one of the amazing things that I've um, found in coaching is that whenever I'm coaching someone, it's not me telling them something new, it's validating what's already in their head, but they're doubting. And that's, what's kind of interesting. I'm like, I'm not even giving you new ideas. I'm just validating exactly what you know, but you're second guessing it. And I don't know why you're second guessing it. You're asking me a question about, should I take this promotion or should I take this lateral? And I think you already know the answer. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how that works, but I think it's the, um, the drive for me to do it was because I had so many people who were coming to me asking me, you know, I need help making these decisions. Um, but whenever I started to do it, of course it takes time. It takes, you know, um, it takes a lot of planning and, you know, a lot of grind and grit. Like you talk about grit a lot, being tenacious. Um, it does take a lot of grit to sit down and crank it out, but I actually have a post-it note on my desk here. And I think it's behind. Yeah. It's behind my, um, my laptop here. And I've had this on here since I was in the middle of, um, in the middle of making my, my program, my very first program, September of 2021. And it says people value and honor my work and are waiting on me. And it's true. It's because so many, cause like I said, people were asking me, they're like, I need help with this. I'm like, you know what? I'm creating something. I will add you to a list. And whenever I am done with it, you're the first person I'm going to call. I actually had a wait list of six people whenever I finally finished my course. And it, it took me about two or three months to complete it all. Um, and not even, you know, finish it. I was actually making some of it as we went along, but, um, the, the drive to do it, even though I had all these other things and could explain to my kids and husband of, Hey, mom needs all day Saturday to get this content out, at least get a outline of what I want to share with people. What has helped me be successful as a mom and as a corporate leader and an entrepreneur? Um, I was in direct sales for six years before I even started being a coach. Um, So, I mean, I had other businesses too, but 
I knew that people were waiting on what I had, the information I had to give. And just like a lot of other people, a lot of people become entrepreneurs because they overcome something and they have a story to tell. And that story will probably help somebody else. Oh, 100%. And I want to touch on something that you mentioned, which is a lot of it is the validation or that it's the mindset, you know, and it's often they're seeking that validation of is is this okay for me to take this mm-hmm. almost as if there's a block that, you know, a, there's a lot of roadblocks that women face, um, in general, I think just whether it's money, whether it's, um, you know, being, being enough for themselves, being a, a good enough mom, all of those things, because we, we, with social media today, it's just a whole different ball game than sure. there was before. And so I think people, women are tested even more, but I, I love that you had brought up like that validation piece, because truly it's, it's all, it all starts and ends in your mind. And I think that when we can conquer that piece and understand that we are, women are valuable enough that they do have something to offer that, you know, they are worth that promotion Mm -hmm. or, you know, um, that course or investing in themselves. Like that's a really big thing that women often put to the side. And it's, and so I love that you touched on that. I feel like that's so, so important. And so what, so on to the next thing, like when you, when we talk about your course and that you've had, you know, the wait list, which is phenomenal, by the way, sounds amazing, but how, like, how have you been able to keep that dream at the forefront of your mind? Like what, what is it that continues to drive? And I love that post a note. And actually I used to have a post note too, until we moved and I do need to put a put, I need to put it back up, but, um, I, I love that, but what, what continues you to move forward and keeping this business at the, at the forefront? Um, kind of like I just said, I need, like, I know that people need this message. They need the information and they need help. Um, a lot of times women struggle with overwhelm because they lack clarity. They want to do everything. They want to do 80 things on their plate. And, and I'm, I'm the same way. In fact, there's times where I'm kind of torn between, um, I don't know, a few months back, I was supposed to go on a trip and I was, um, I was thinking, I'm like, am I really going to go on that trip? Do I really need to be on that trip for work? Um, I think I was headed to like Alabama or something. And, um, or do I need to be at this other thing for my son? Um, and, and yeah, it's kind of a big deal, but it's kind of not, it's kind of a moderate thing. And I'm, and I'm thinking about it and, um, and I have my goals on my wall and I looked over at my wall and I'm like, what am I doing? What are my priorities? My number one goal is to be intentional right now, um, with my kids, because at their ages, especially my oldest, I see him maybe, maybe 20 minutes a day. I put time on my calendar to drop him off at school. Cause even though he has a permit and he can drive himself with an adult in the car, yeah. um, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting to a point where like, I'm not going to see him at all. If I'm not dropping him off at football or wrestling or, um, seeing him for three minutes at dinner, cause that's all, you know, boys take to eat dinner these days, <laughs> three minutes, you know, they're done. They run up to go do whatever they do after that. Yeah. Um, the time's going to be gone they're just going to be gone. And and I'm just kind of at this pivotal moment where it's important. Um, but I teach that same clarity to other women regularly because we get stressed out and, you know, that's where you get the mommy guilt, right? Mm -hmm. Should I be doing this or should I be doing this? Same thing with building a program, building a business. Should I be building my business on Saturday morning or should I be sitting with my kids watching a movie for the fourth time? You know, which, which (laughs) is it? 
And, and a lot of times it's, you know, mine are old enough now that I can have a conversation with them and say, Hey, I need two hours to work on my business this morning. Or I get up at seven knowing they're not going to be out of bed till nine, but you know, I need a couple of hours to work on my business and then we can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, but women, women don't necessarily think through that because we're always sitting in our emotions, not always, but a lot of times we're sitting in our emotions and that's what drives us is our emotion, not necessarily the logic. But whenever you actually take the time to think about maybe what your top five priorities are, maybe it's, you know, your family or your faith or fitness, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe it's growth in your business, whatever, what are your top five things making those decisions become really easy. And you made a comment earlier about, you know, when you make a decision, there's fallout from it. And that's absolutely true. But whenever you have clarity and what's important to you and you get offered an amazing promotion at work, but you know, you're probably not going to see your kids or your family for the next two years, which is more important. Right. And there may be a time where that job is appropriate, you know, when your kids are gone out of school or whatever, you know, maybe that kind of job is appropriate, but when they're little, maybe it's not what, what are your true priorities? And it's, it may hurt a little bit to pass up a promotion. I've passed up a few. Um, but whenever you remember what your priorities are, it burns a little less. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I think to your point, like the mommy guilt thing, um, you know, cause I've, I've t- touched on this with. I have a significantly sized team and, you know, often one of the things I see is most people begin a business because they want the time with their family and they want that time back. And it's, it's often, most often I see it tied to a family, but then it's so, so quickly it turns to the excuse as well as to not being able to do something. And it's like, okay, just keeping remembering, like, being intentional, being, you know, smart with what the choices are of like, okay, like to your point, like, do we need to watch this movie four times? Like, this is the fourth time I've seen this, like mom's going to go over here and do a little bit of this and not feel so guilty because I've watched it like four or 10 or 11 times with you already, you know? And it's like, there's, there's gotta be a point where it's like, you have to choose and what is going to be the smarter choice and remembering what is the what's the long-term goal that you're trying to reach, whether it's, you know, like you had mentioned the five things. And I think that that's one thing to always keep fresh in your mind is like, it's don't ever let the why become the excuse for why you stop doing things. And it's like, I think that that's super important. And so, and the why changes, it's a constant evolution um, always. So I love that. Very, 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 very cool. So, um, okay. So I want to see, like, I want to ask you something about, What's something you've had to overcome? So with Tenacious Kate, we focus on four pillars, which is grit, grace, growth, and gratitude. Those are the four pillars that we like to focus on. And, you know, I would love for you to share, you know, a challenge that you had to face and how you've overcome it. Um, I've, I've told this story a few times, um, in, um, in one of my groups that I have, um, and then, and then actually, um, in my program as well, that I was in a role that I thought was my dream job. Um, about six or seven years ago now, uh, it was a big development program. Um, you know, in, 
in our everyday, you know, a million dollars sounds like a lot of money, right? hundred thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money. When you're in the defense industry, like billion dollars sounds like a, a lot of money. You know, um, I was running a billion dollar development program to go redesign a computing system on an aircraft. And it was a big, it was a big promotion. It was a big program. Um, that's when I managed about 200 engineers and a team of other managers. Um, it was, a, it was a big deal. Um, and there was a lot of stress that came with it. And I was working with a vice president that I thought was one of my biggest advocates and he was, however, um, he had no life. He, um, was retired Fulbright Colonel from the Air Force. He retired from another defense industry company with um, pension and whatnot and was on his second defense industry company. Um, he was severely overweight. He acted like a toddler when he didn't get his way and would throw a fit, like even like pounding his fist on the table oh. in the conference room. Yeah, um, from time to time. And in there, a lot of that honestly didn't really bother me. I'm like, he's just having one of his tantrums. Um, until it was directed at me a couple of times in, um, in front of some of my team members, some of the people who worked for me, some of his peers were, who were also vice presidents, extremely demeaning. Um, looking back, I can objectively say I was in an abusive relationship. It was a verbally abusive relationship. And when it was really good, it was really good. I got great performance appraisals um, until the very end. And, um, and then when it was bad, it was really bad. Um, like whenever I was at the, you know, receiving side of one of his tirades, um, it was, it was really tough and he didn't mind traveling for a lot of things. This was a, um, it was a local job. So we had suppliers that were all domestic. I wasn't traveling internationally. Um, but he would go three weeks in a row and just expect me to go with him. And yeah. And at that time, my youngest was like four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my kids were like four through what nine at the time. And to be going on the road three weeks at a time to like Florida or Minnesota or whatever for meetings that I probably didn't even need to be at, I could probably even call in for parts of it. Um, it would just, it was just unnecessary. And with all the travel and eating out and everything else, I got to a point where I realized I was turning into him. I had put on more weight than I wanted to. My knees started hurting me um, and I couldn't exercise as easily as I used to. Um, I was mad all the time, okay. mad all the time. Just like he throws fits, you know, someone would come in and give me bad news and I would just get like erupt. I, I had turned into him. And when I had this um, realization of it, I thought I have completely lost myself. Yeah. And it's amazing how sometimes a lot of us women do that too, whether it's, you know, being a mom for the first time or, you know, being a mom for the first time and trying to run after a career, you know, sometimes <laughs> we lose ourselves and, and think, how do I get back to that place? Mm -hmm. And you were talking about mindset earlier. Mindset was everything. Yeah. Like mindset was everything. I um, turned to a good friend of mine who taught me how to lift weights. Mm -hmm. I, I used to do cardio a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and this friend of mine taught me how to lift weights. And she even told me, she's like, once you get stronger physically, you start getting stronger emotionally and mentally as well. And boy, was she ever right. Yeah. Um, but I had to lean on a coach. Um, I was also a friend of mine um, to pull me out of it. She taught me how to speak affirmations and speak, you know, kindness over myself. Because yeah. whenever I looked in the mirror, all I saw was stretch marks from three babies, you know, 25 pounds overweight, 
um, told every day at work that we're screwing crap up. You know, I, I had always had confidence, even as a little kid, I always had confidence and I feel like I had completely lost it, but I had to find a way to dig out of it. And that was by hiring a coach. Um, and I tell the story a lot of times in coaching, cause you know, I am a coach, right. Yeah. And like, this is why we hire coaches because sometimes you can't see the goodness and greatness in you. Like, you know, we began this yeah. with, but that's a struggle I had to get over. Um, I openly told that vice president and the director I was working for in between us, um, that I was actively looking for jobs, which hurt me in my last performance appraisal, even though I brought in the biggest development order that year in the company. Wow. And I was dinged for some other really stupid things um, that were irrelevant. But um, it, it's, you know, I, I was okay with the performance appraisal things. I wasn't okay. I wasn't happy about it, but I was already moving on. I'd already mentally moved on and I had to put boundaries in place to take care of me. Um, other things I did during that time was to start saying, you know what, the last time I went to this meeting, there was really no need for me to be there. So the next time I'm just going to send this person and that person. Um, and I stopped going on all the traveling. I actually would meal prep going to Florida. <laughs> People went, and I would show up to a meeting for a week in Florida and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm warming up my food. And they're like, what do you have? And I'm like, these are salmon cakes that I baked this weekend. <laughs> like I would bring my food with me. Cause I'm like, yeah. I have to control me. Yeah. I'm the only one that can control me. I can't control the other things. Um, and, and like I said, I, I had to do that to get my sanity back, get my confidence back, find me again. Well, um, and that's so true. Cause you think about like what you, we hear it so much as an entrepreneur that you are who you hang around mm -hmm. and it's like, without even knowing you pick up these behaviors and trends and yeah. And, and the language and body, like all of the things. And it's, it is, it's so true. So that's a, I, well, but I think one of the other hardest things that you see is setting those boundaries. And I, I think when people hear the word boundary, they're like, Oh, like they're so bad, but, but they're so good, you know? And that's the thing. It, and I, I, I feel like boundary has like this negative connotation to it, but yeah. in all reality, it is like the key to freedom and almost being able to move, like to have success because it starts even from within the house. And it starts with, yeah. you know, on calls, it starts with your coworkers. It starts with your team, like all of those things. And it's just, you know, when you teach people how to respect you and when they have access to you, like mm -hmm. a lot of things change, you know, I block my calendar off. I put on my calendar when I drop off whoever, whichever kid yeah. or pick them up. I put track meets on my calendar yeah. and I don't care if my administrative assistant or my boss or whoever else looks at my calendar. Some people can kind of see when I'm busy and others like in my team can actually see what they say. Yeah. I put everything on my calendar. That's mm -hmm. part of how I get everything done too. But you know, I teach that as well, yeah. but that's, that's something else I put on there. I'm like, I block off when I'm available, just like you said. Yeah. You, you almost have to, cause otherwise again, you get run over and it's, I do this. I am very similar as you. I've got drop-off kids, pick up kids, gym time, bedtime. I've got like all the things are on the calendar and I love it. So, okay. Well, as we start to wrap some things up, I want to do a quick, a quick rapid fire on the four pillars that we had. And I would just love if you could think of like one short, like one minute scenario of each pillar um, to just share how you, how you have either overcome it or a scenario that you have had to face in it. And so let's start with the first one, which we'll say is grit with grit. What is, that's our first rapid fire. 
uh, a quick scenario whenever I've had to be when do you, yeah if you when you hear the word grit and you think yourself what mm-hmm. comes to mind that you have faced grit in your in your career um I'm gonna back up before my career so I went to engineering school at a huge school um like 70,000 students and I came from a small town I graduated with 180 kids oh. um I was actually I am an introvert um, and, and I went to, I went to engineering school cause my mom said, don't go to business school. You're really good at math and science. It was a huge jump to go from a small school, 180 kids in my class to, you know, a history class with 500 kids in it. My chemistry yeah. class had 250 kids in it. You know, um, I had to learn how to grow up very quickly away from home, um, how to raise my study skills to a different level. Um, you know, first two years and a lot of things, um, is complete weed out. And, um, in it, even though I'm the third born, I was actually the first one out of school. Um, my brother and sister lollygagged and had lots of other things, but, um, I really had to learn how to dig in and, okay. and get out. Like, I loved it. It's a fun school. Texas yeah. a is a great school. It's a lot of fun. Um, but it's, it's a hard school and it's a very, um, very well thought of engineering school. Um, it took a lot of grit to get through engineering school. I, that. I can't, I can't even fathom like that. That's such a huge gap, huge, it was gap huge of people like huge. It was very eye opening. Uh, yeah. I also realized how nice I was. Yeah. And scary. Like just all yes. the time. So I'm just like, Whoa. <laughs> okay. Next one. Let's do growth. What is your, when you hear the word growth, Give me a scenario that you feel like you've done the most, like the growth in, or that you can pinpoint. Sure. Um, so I am, I tell, I tell people all the time, I'm a recovering control freak. Um, I'm used to, I'm used to having things the way I wanted. My car was always clean. My house was always clean. Um, I am married a military man that is not the same. It's not the same. And if you don't have consistency with both parents, it is hard to teach it into the kids. It is really hard. Um, I have, I have had to learn how to let things go. Um, I was, I was listening to a radio station years ago, early in our marriage, and it was a radio station ran by a husband and wife. And they talked about when they went to therapy, they had a saying, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? And I'm like, oh, that's so convicting. That is. (laughs) I have lived by it ever since. There are times, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? And you just learn to let things go. I even use it at work. My boss and I were arguing the other day and he, you wanted something piddly. And I'm like, you know what? You do what you want to do. I don't, I don't think it's important to talk about that right now. I'd just rather move on. I love that. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? That's so, especially with a house full of boys, like you, I know you I feel you yes. <laughs> wholeheartedly. I love it. Okay. So we did great growth. Let's do grace. When, when you think grace, what's an area that you've, you've had to show the grace to yourself or to some, something else? Um, I've always had high standards. Um, I think that's why I excel like I do. I think that's why I'm so ambitious. I have very high standards um, of myself. It's hard to not have high standards of other people too. Um, I've had to learn more gratitude the older I get. And especially as someone building a business to remember the things I did right, my team did right, what went well, as opposed to looking at how it got 98% right and then fixing the 2%. Um, I've, I've had to show myself grace and, um, and then just the people around me and and to remember to be grateful, um, for all the things that went well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's hard. 
It can be hard, but yeah, keeping that in the forefront. Um, and then the last one is gratitude. When you hear gratitude, when, like what comes to mind for you in a scenario that you've had to bring the gratitude? Oh, the gratitude. Um, uh, I don't know, I guess kind of similar to the last, um, I've had to learn to give myself grace, but, um, relishing in gratitude is, um, is something that a lot of people don't do. I, like we talked about, you know, you surround yourself with people similar to you a lot. Um, a lot of people don't sit with a win. We just move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. We just move on to the next thing. And I'm, I don't even remember who, who brought this to light for me, but, um, in the last couple of years, honestly, it's only been recently where I've had to really think about, um, what, what can I be grateful for? And actually I have a friend that does like an appreciation journal every night. You know, a lot of people do um, gratitude, but um, what did, what did I do well today? Um, what am I proud I did? That's what she always says. What am yeah. I proud that I got done today? Um, and it may just be putting the laundry away that's been there for three days, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's still something I work on every day. I don't, but, but it's, but it's a conscious effort. And just like you said, it's not, we always usually go to what I didn't get done. There was someone, um, I think she's taking herself off social media, but it was, um, from Tara and she had said, we are what we celebrate. So find something that you to celebrate every day. Like you had said, whether it's the laundry, if you, if you are dealing with ish and it's like, and you just showered and that's was enough for you, like celebrate and like getting up and moving your body, like just something so that there's, there is that there's something. Cause when you, when you are celebrating or you're, um, in gratitude, you're, you're working in empowerment. So you're growing and it allows you to grow. Whereas if we constantly focus on what we didn't get done and we didn't get the to-do list done and we were harping on all the, those things, we choose to focus on that disempowerment piece, which makes us contract. And I was like, I, I love that concept. Cause it was just, it's like, wow. And, and it's, but it's a constant reminder, multiple all day long kind of thing to, to shift and flip that script. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, as we finish up, this is one thing I wanted to say. So for the audience that's brand new and like just getting started, what is your biggest takeaway or tip or words of advice um, that you would like to share for people who are just getting started? Yes. In like a business or they're choosing to start a venture or starting a company, something like that. Mm, Best advice. Um, I, I always tell people, um, you know, just, we were talking about, I hired a coach to help me get out of a a rut. Um, I always tell people to find someone who's in the place you want to be and follow them, Mm -hmm. whether you follow them on Instagram or whether you sign up for a course they're selling, or you listen to their podcast every week, um, follow someone who's in the place you want to be in. That coach that I hired is a good friend of mine. She's also an entrepreneur. Um, she didn't really exercise until like in her early thirties. Um, and she did so much research and she looked exactly like, well, I mean, I'm a little taller than she is, but I mean, she had these beautiful biceps and, um, you know, she looked amazing. She wasn't super muscly. She looked amazing. Also a boy mom. And I'm like, that's what I want. Yeah. I love that. I I love that because it's most often people don't like to hire somebody and it's not, it's just a matter of sometimes you do have to invest for others to, to get other people's eyeballs on helping you to get out and to grow. And I, that's, you can only do so many free YouTubes. You can only do so much like 
on your own to where it's like, no, you actually need someone else's thoughts and, and to help you work through some of these processes. And so that's really, really, I, I love that. That's a fabulous tip. Yeah. It's better to work with somebody who's already at the place you want to be at. And they can tell you the things that they've learned along the way to get there. Yeah. So that their hindsight's your, like your foresight. Right. And so it's like, just uh, let me avoid some of these things like, and and make the trip shorter for you. So I love that. Yeah. And so quickly, if you want to tell everybody, as we wrap up here, where can everybody find um, Angela Fallon on social? So what, what is your IG handle? Where are you on Facebook? Where can we find you? Yeah. So you can find me at Angela N. Fallon on, um, on Facebook, but you can also find me at the real Angela Fallon on Instagram. Um, I also camp out on LinkedIn quite a bit, same name. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can find me just about everywhere on, on all three of those platforms. I love it. So Angela and, and Fallon, correct? And my middle name is Nicole. Yeah. Angela. Oh, okay. Perfect. I love it. Well, this has been fantastic, Angela. I, I appreciate you being on here from one boss boss to another boss. Like absolutely. I, just, I, I love one boy mom to another. Yes. <laughs> doing, we're doing it. We're in the thick of it. Heck yeah. I get it. And I support you in all the things. And I'm so grateful that you came on today and, you know, here at tenacious Kate, my goal is to empower the tenacious mindsets in women by teaching strategy and business with a faith driven lens. And, you know, through these podcast interviews is to provide a resource so you can see other women that are doing the do through and, and they're walking the walk and they're talking, you know, talking the talk and it's working. And so, um, you know, if you're questioning anything, just know that you can do hard things and you have other women that are cheering you on more than you can imagine. So, um, thank you for today's episode and um, absolutely. And we will see you soon. All right, lady. Thanks. Bye. Angela.